Welcome to Beyond the Document, the podcast from Formpipe, where we discuss everything that is output, document, and customer communication management. Last year at TCF 2022, we published a special episode, and the feedback was that people really liked it. So this year, we wanted to build on that interest. We're recording three shorter episodes, each with a focus on specific topics that are raised here at TCF 2023. So in 23, episode two, we're looking at ESG within banking. And for that reason, I've been joined by John Smith, who's head of ecosystem marketing and ESG from Quantum Six. Now, John's got many skills, but we also see him as a thought leader in ESG. So welcome to the podcast, John. Yeah, thanks, Ben. (laughs) And here we are today in Vienna, and ESG is just a massive topic within banking at the moment. I mean, it's been around for many years, but it's becoming more and more mainstream. And, And we're seeing this in the number of sessions where people are discussing this, whether it be Temenos themselves or also clients. So it is becoming integral. And what we're seeing is it, it now applies to all banks of different size, of uh, different size, different market location or maturity. Is that what you see as well? Yeah, completely. And actually, I've just literally come from the main plenary down yes. here yeah, and yeah, there was yeah. an ESG session on. So uh, yeah, it, it's, it's everywhere. I mean, it really stems from this Paris Agreement where 189 countries committed to uh, reduce uh, carbon commitments yeah. and keep the Earth's temperature below two degrees. Yes. Now, from that, these greenhouse gas carbon emission protocol was was created, uh, and there's three scopes within that protocol, and it's quite important to understand those. So, scope one is all the direct. Um, uh, outputs a company produces. Scope two is the indirect, so like sure. energy providers, anyone they're buying um, energy from, and that's measured. Yep. Now those two, scope one and two, are it's mandatory under this GHG protocol to report on those. Yep. But scope three is slightly different. Scope three is your operations. And this is not mandatory. This part of the scope, scope three, is it could be the operations of a business. So that could be their SaaS ecosystem. It could be their IT operations. That is not a mandatory piece to report on. So you get Microsoft over here, you've got IBM in the other room. They will report on scope three in the same way they do one and two. But for a form pipe, for a quantum six, we do not have to. It's, it's not, and no one really has a standard way of measuring that. And that is where the opportunities lie, in in our opinion. It's the the build and run um, of of an IT operation. How do you measure SaaS in cloud versus on-premise deployment? What does that look like? And there's a lot of work going into, and Calliope was just on stage around, I think Temenos used this Green Nominee product, and they, they actually measure uh, you know how how green are the uh, different funds that are being sold or the yep. different investments yes. being sold? That piece of the market is is really come a long way. But the piece of the market I don't believe has come a long way is looking at the internal scope three operations of a bank or, or even of a fintech or you know or even as a consultancy. That bit because it's not mandatory, people aren't looking at it as much. And I think there's a significant area of opportunity there, and we believe that is quantum safety. Uh, and the session that you allude to was really interesting because there you had Temenos as a core banking platform, you had yeah. Microsoft and obviously talked about what they do with Azure, then yeah. you had a private wealth digital bank, you know, re- really yeah. interesting mix. And I know we've been involved in many conversations where people immediately think ESG, they think about the move from on-prem to cloud, yeah. right? But, but there's so much more to look at it from that. And, and we know that can help, but 
how do we actually know that that's going to help unless we're measuring what we're doing? I completely agree. And I think that's the key piece. I think there's also this piece that, that, that cloud is not a silver bullet. I, I see that a lot and it, it frustrates me. And the reason it frustrates me is how do you know? Yeah. Now, we hear a lot from Microsoft today around their measurement of cloud. And I, I believe it is it, that there is a lot of efficiencies, both in um, you know agility, uh, in, in operational efficiency, but also in ESG efficiency on cloud. I do, I do buy into that to an extent. Yes. But the problem is without the data points of measuring, well, okay, it went to cloud, but what if it had remained on-prem containerized? Okay. What if, what if you took a, a containerization layer on-premise? Okay. Is it really that more, much more efficient in cloud because it's the same sort of technologies? Or are there infrastructure technologies you can deploy that would make it more efficient? And I think that because we haven't got a clear um, concise and standard way of measuring these things yep. across both on-premise and public cloud and a mix of hybrid, I think it's very difficult to sort of say one or the other is more efficient right now until it's measured properly. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's such an interesting point. I mean, we our SaaS offering is obviously based on Microsoft Azure and, and the, the reporting tools that they give us are, are fantastic, but I, I fully understand and appreciate where you're coming from as well. And, and to some degree, we'll only get there through time is, is this matures. And I think there's there's also that, that comment of mature. We, we need to see other cloud providers also get to that level and maybe catch up a little bit with the, yeah. uh, with the big boys. Is there a specific area that you think we could really, um, as a wider organization or group of organizations, really try and improve that reporting and benchmarking? I think it just needs some standard frameworks. I mean, there's going to be two ways for me that, 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 that this happens. It, it's it's it, one way is the regulation. So Paris Agreement, greenhouse grass protocols, um, the, the the maybe the mandatory step on scope three, which I think will come at some point. Yep. Um, and then you've got the regulators in, in the different countries around financial services to actually say we need to start coming together and regulating to drive down the amount of carbon in all supply chain. Yeah. And that's really that scope three piece. I, I think that is a massive step, isn't it? I think it has to be driven from the regulator yes. because, you know, as banks, as fintechs, as consultancies, we all want to be green. But if green costs four or five times more than non-green, it's very difficult to financially push that push that further forward yeah because you could lose your competitive edge there exactly what what would be better is is designing the 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 regulations and the compliance to drive towards you have to do it and then innovation links to the requirement to drive that i think that's where we're, we're, we're hoping regulators step up and we believe they they are and they they are looking at those areas and at the same time i think then it's about a standard reporting framework um, and we have some ideas and some assets and accelerators around that within Quantum Six. And it's easy to imagine if you're a new bank starting up, you're going to go on, you're going to start with the best practices, you're going to yeah. go green, you're going to yeah. embrace all the right technology that way. I know you work a lot with more uh, mature banks running maybe legacy systems as well. Yeah. Surely there's things that they can do, even if they're running, you know, stuff from back in the 90s or the, the early noughties. Yeah, yeah. There's still things that they can do to improve their stance here. Yeah, completely. So we we've we crafted the couple of assets that really help banks look at that we we went down the route of within our vendor selection process focusing heavily on sustainability from an ESG perspective on actually being able to capture and measure the build and run CO2e of the SaaS ecosystem okay. you're decomposing towards 
and the on-premise assets of what's being run. That could be either from a singular application like Temenos or Temenos with Formpipe or Temenos, Formpipe and the rest of the ecosystem. Or it could be from a value chain perspective of what's my onboarding journey for onboarding a retail account or, or onboarding a corporate client. So it can be value chain or even where we're going towards is the, the cost of carbon transaction. So the cost per transaction from a CO2E perspective, which is a really interesting position to be able to get to. And this is where Quantum Sits can come in and help deliver that? Yeah, we have a product called the Green Banking Benchmark that can be sold standalone across those three different models I just talked about. And, and we also integrate it into our enterprise banking blueprint, which is a curated list of the top you know, 250, 300 ecosystem partners in all functional areas of banking. And then we look within that to have an ESG uh, skew to make sure we're we're actually giving a view of what the build and run carbon CO2 is. And I know that's a great initiative. I've, I've been told about it, I've read up on it, and it's it should be applicable to any banking organization listening to this podcast. Well. Certainly, also very relevant to fintechs, Ben, you yeah. know, as well. So fintechs trying to sell into banks and, and not being able to give a view to the bank of what their CO2E position is for the build and run, they can then start to do that. And, and that helps them in their bids when they're going back to banks to say, if you buy into our SaaS platform, which runs on Azure or AWS or Google or IBM or Oracle, it's this level of CO2E and we benchmarked it and we've got remediation plans in place to improve it and lower our CO2E. So that's the key. Because the measuring, all the measuring is about is where are we now and then how, how do we drive it down? Exactly. I mean, in every part of life, that's important. Okay, identifying where you aren't doing so well. If you're not then going to rectify that, then yeah. you know what's the point? Exactly, yeah. And, and then as we start to bring this to a close, one other angle that I find really interesting within the wider market is as this does become more mainstream there's a chance that we will become a little bit blasé and, and, and maybe every organization is saying the same thing so if you are performing well from an ESG standpoint how do you then communicate that out what, what would you advise banking organizations to do yeah for me I, I think it's uh, as I, I, I think I'd repeat some of what I've said before it is really about firstly measure it you know me- measure the scope three have you really got a handle on what's on premise and what does that look like from a CO2E position today? What your SaaS ecosystem looks like. So is that some of your cores in cloud or some of your surround is now going to cloud? And that's typically for some of these more, I don't even want to say legacy banks, but banks that have been around long enough to have some technical debt in their IT architecture, which is most banks. Um, You know, they've got to get a position where they know what's on prem, what's going to cloud, what does that whole CO2E look like? And then from that, how do you improve it? Well, with remediation, and then how do you communicate it out? It should be reported up into an overall ESG plan that should be owned usually by corporate strategy, head of strategy within the business, and that should be used as a, a really a proof point to your community because a lot of it is social. It's about saying we're doing what's right, but obviously if if the alignment with the, with the regulators works out the right way, which is it's pushed more, then what will end up happening is the most sustainable way from a CO2E will be the best competitive angle as well. Well, and that's what we all fight for because then we can drive down the carbon. Yeah, and we've talked about this internally where we know we're doing the right things, we're just not always the best at then uh, documenting and shouting yeah. to, the, to the wider market. Yeah, no one's got enough resource. I'm, I, as you, <laughs> my title, marketing, yeah. uh, ESG, ecosystem. Many yeah. hats, yeah. 
many hopes. I think we're all in that position, yeah. Well, I think it's a really exciting journey that we're all going on. So really appreciate your time today, John. No, really good to see you, Ben. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you for listening to Beyond the Document. And thanks again to John Smith of Quantum 6 for joining me today. If you want to find out more about what John and his colleagues do, especially in relation to ESG, then search on LinkedIn for Quantum 6. I'm Ben Saxton. Catch you next time on Beyond the Document.